0: the adventure jogger a podcast about trail and ultra running meet fascinating runners from the front middle and back of the pack sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running running should be fun and so should running podcasts I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Adventure Jogger. Jeff Stafford to my left, which means nothing to you because this is audio only. You're just going to have to imagine that we're sitting somewhere, and Jeff Stafford is on my left. Close enough to snuggle. Very close. We are so close. Um, More of a great resource for running, if you've not gone to runspirited.com, What are you waiting for? Go there. A great source for running information, great ultra running information. It's a really great, wonderful, wonderful website who always says absolutely wonderful things about this podcast, which I I, I guess I question his judgment if he he says that, but the brainchild behind the RunSpirited.com website, and by the way, sign up for the newsletter because it comes in your inbox and it's always uh, full of inspiration, is our guest on this episode of the Adventure Jogger, Henry Howard. Welcome, sir.
1: Thank you Ryan and and Jeff. Thanks for having me tonight.
0: Okay, so before we get into the I cuz I, I want to talk about your list that you just released, the the top 20 most inspirational ultra runners of 2021. We got we got to go down that list. We got to dissect that list. But first we kind of need the the Henry Howard story. Henry, how did you discover ultra running and then we'll talk a little bit about what inspired you to 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 launch a website about your favorite sport, I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, uh, um, you know, thanks for that intro and 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 all the love toward a run spirited. It's kind of been a, a passion project of mine. Um, but my entry into running um, was kind of slow. I um, remember my first memory of running was actually you know fifth grade track and field day, <laughs> yeah, and did the relay. And when I um, got done with my leg. Um, The guy after me, I think, was the last one, and and he came back and won the race for us. But afterward, my teacher referred to me as molasses, and I I didn't really know what that meant at the time. So it's safe to say you did not get the blue ribbon that day. No. uh, Somehow we won that relay, but not because of uh, of my performance. So um, didn't really see running as a thing for, I don't know, the next 30-some-odd years after that, and had running a marathon on my bucket list. And, um, once my kids were old enough where they didn't need me coaching or doing as much for them, I was in my early forties. It was 10 years ago this year. And I decided if I'm ever going to cross that off my bucket list, I probably need to start doing it and, um, started running in 2011, um, did my first marathon, uh, about 18 months later and decided that this was a cool thing, and I wanted to keep going. And eventually, that became um, trying to go not only faster but longer. And mm. I think I did my first ultra maybe 2015. It was a 50k, and on the trails. And you know, when I first discovered the trails, it was like, why had, why didn't I start this years ago?
0: Right. Yep. Was there a moment, Henry, we'll go back for a second. You said, you know, when your teacher called you molasses on that that relay, was there a moment in your life that you remember when you figured out what that meant? Where you're like, what?
1: Don't. (laughs) It it was that same day because I remember going back home and asked my mom what that meant. She's like, well, molasses is slow. And I was like, huh, okay, well, I guess that answers that.
2: I would have thought your mom said that that's you're sweet. You know, yeah, that's, that's what moms, what, that's what moms say. do. Yes, but yes. no, your mom obviously is very upfront and frank with you. No, you just suck. You slow.
0: So, so Henry, you, you get into running, you know, you the, the old fashioned way, like so many of us, do you know, the marathons, and then you you go a little bit longer. At some point, you get inspired by the sport and the atmosphere around the sport and the athletes involved in the sport, and you decide to launch runspirited.com. What was the brainchild for that whole adventure?
1: So I'm uh am a writer and editor by by trade professionally. And so it was really making a hobby out of it, you know, kind of combining the two passions, the the writing and and the running. And you know, listening to podcasts like yours and and others that are in the space, it's it's really inspiring to hear the stories of runners, you know, the ones who land on the podiums at big races, but also ones who um, you know, will never land on that podium, but have amazing stories and persevere. A lot of the ones I began with have stories where they were um maybe overweight or conquering some demons or uh, you know, were two pack a day smokers or whatever and, and found running. And, you know, I found a lot of inspiration in that and I wanted to share it with others.
0: Was there a moment, Henry, when you created the website? You know, because it's, it's the same process with, with a podcast in a way. You create this thing, right? And then you put it out in the world. And you have no idea if if there is anyone that is going to find this thing that that you've created. And all of a sudden, you... You know, you refresh your phone so you can see the counter and you're like, oh, well, someone's discovered this. Was there a moment for you where you, you, you put this labor of love together? You combine the two loves of your life. You know, you're, you're a writer by trade. You're an editor by trade. You like this running world. And you're like, you know, what? I can provide something to this space. You create RunSpirited.com. You birth this child. You put it out in the world. And then you see that positive reaction. What was that moment like to see that people were connecting with this baby you made
1: it, that's a great question the the one time where i i think i was finally onto something like i kind of hit that first uh I, I don't know that that first uh, uh big moment was i was uh emailing with a runner and i thought she had a really good story going into western states and, and we had uh, agreed to do an interview and i wanted to do it to kind of advance western states one year yeah and Turns out, um, you know, she got busy with training, totally understandable. And she says, I'm really sorry. Let's, can we do it after Western States? Yeah. Totally fine. No, No problem. Let's connect, you know, after your race. Well, turns out, and, and she, um, held to her promise. I talked to her, I think maybe two days after the race and had a hell of a story. Um, because of her race, and that was when Gunhild Swanson finished with six seconds uh, left in the <laughs> golden hour.
0: What are the odds of that, that you <laughs> get the story? Because, yes, Rob Krar won that year, but Gunnhild Swanson was the story of Western States that everybody was talking
1: about. Right, e- exactly. And, you know, obviously, um, you know, media on the scene at, at Western States uh, were able to you know, have the immediate reaction and, and her story. Um, but when I interviewed her, I was able to go deeper and longer. And, and she told me stuff, including getting lost. Um, she got lost um, for, for probably a mile or more on the course, which if that would have been longer, she would not have had that six seconds at the end. So I was able to get great details from her um, and put that out. I think it was within the same week, um, of the race. So that was, that was the first big moment.
2: It's interesting. You know, typically someone, one or more get lost or turn around at Western States every year, it seems. And people ask how in God's name does that happen? That's a well-marked course, blah, blah, blah. But you know, sooner or later, I think about some of your training runs you've done on a trail. If you're not really paying attention, if you're lost in your mind and just out there, you'll blow right past a trail intersection and You and you'll go Four or five hundred feet past, and go.
0: Oh, I need to go back. I missed my turn. You know, I took a wrong right. turn, and I was just I was just running the last seven miles of Western states, and I I, I took a wrong turn. You know, it, it happens to everybody. I can't imagine when you're exhausted and all that stuff.
1: Exactly. Haven't to the best of us.
0: Yeah, we we all get and that. The way. worst. I always and it's funny because I know like I know as a person as a runner, I am directionally challenged. I get I get so caught up in in the scene around me and just the run in the race and I'll get stuck in my head. And if a course is not well marked, if a course is not idiot proof, I will make wrong turns constantly. (laughs) I will add a mile or so to the race because I'll be like, wait, we're in someone's backyard now. This This, are we supposed to be in someone's backyard? This is crazy. It, it happens to all of us. He has a nice swimming pool. Though. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had, a, I had a similar experience with the adventure jogger, Henry, when it was, you know, Anton Kaprichka came back this year to Leadville. And he's someone that I had been trying to talk to. Just I, I, I was inspired by the guy. I've been trying to get a hold of him for for years. And I'd send messages and emails and all that stuff, and I would never hear anything back. And I remember Andy Jones Wilkins said to me, he goes, you know, we need to have, need to have Anton on the podcast. And I said, Andy, I said, I've tried to, get to hold this guy for five years. No, no luck. He goes, oh, I got it. Just what, what do you want to do it on Tuesday? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. See if you can happen. He's like, okay. And then like literally five minutes later, my phone dings. It's Andy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll be ready on Tuesday. He's we'll good. talk to him at seven. And it's just the fact that he agreed to go on and we're able to get that. We were able to get that podcast out less than, than like three days after he'd finished lead. Like he was, he still couldn't walk. I felt good that we're able to get him before he couldn't even like walk normal again.
1: It was a great episode too. Cause I mean, who wasn't inspired by 30 um, finish at Leadville. It was, Amazing story, and he, he's still rocking it.
0: I know. It's so impressive to see somebody who took so much time away from the sport come back, take it easy, and then be like, oh, what, well, oh crap, I, I'm in third place. You know like, I want to hold <laughs> that. Know? Like so many of us, if we, like, like Henry and, and Jeff and me, if we left the sport for a couple of years because of injury or whatever, we decided to just produce, pursue different things and just kind of wing it and come back in on a whim and go, I'm going to take it easy for the first half of the race taking it easy for the first half of the race would mean we're we're towards the back and we're missing right. cutoffs it would not mean that we're in fifth place of the race overall yep.
1: <laughs> And I'm pretty sure that I wouldn't be able to take it easy and, and hit any of those cutoffs at I mean, that point. <laughs> right. That's not an easy race whatsoever. No,
0: Right. So that kind of transitions really well into a great list you've put together for the end of the year. The top 20 most inspirational ultra runners of 2021. Let's work down that list. Let's start at number 20 and just work our way on done. Do you have the list in front of you, Henry, or do you need a second to go get it?
1: Um, I don't, but I can I can find it here. We can and totally um, honestly, I, I really didn't rank them other than than the first one. It was just yeah. kind of alphabetical order. Um, yeah. You know, it was more to me. It's more just, you know, who are the top ones, um, you know, in a, in a given year.
0: Right. Right. Well, it will save number one for this. You can run through them any way you want, except we're going to save number one for last.
1: Okay, I've got this here. So whenever you're ready, it's totally fine.
0: All right, let's start number number twenty. Let's go with number twenty, Henry. Who is number twenty on your list? Again, they're all in alphabetical order, past number one. So don't be arguing on Henry's rankings here. It's alphabetical <laughs> order, past number one. But who'd you have number twenty on your list?
1: That is you. Um, that is ultra runner. Anyone who who does ultras, um, you know, I I think that. Um, that, you know, we have so many inspirational stories Mm -hmm. front, middle, back of the pack. And I really just wanted to, um, you know, pay tribute to anyone who, who has the courage to, to line up for an ultra. And, uh, so that was, um, that was kind of the, um, the way to incorporate that into, uh, the way I labeled it was you or everyday runners.
0: I think it's so true. And I, and I think this sport, especially trail and ultra running highlights those, everyday stories and and like we talked about earlier just just moments ago about you know we think about that western states where rob carr won set a new course record but all anybody talked about was good swanson i mean the last how what other sport what other race is the last place finisher right getting as much attention or more attention than the first place finisher i can't
1: think of one or a sport where that winner comes out and accompanies that, that last finisher to the finish line. Because that's, if, if you go back, Rob Carr actually went out and helped, helped her get yes. to the, yeah. the finish line by helping, among others, to, to pace her in.
0: That's right. In flip flops, he ran the course backwards to go find her. And I right. remember him saying something to the effect of, you know, hey, you're, you're getting close to the cutoff. You got to move if you want to make it. Follow me. And, and ran her on in. I, I just, what other sport is that? I, it, it doesn't exist. I, I can't think of one. Exactly. All right. Let's go to number 19. Henry, who's number 19 on the list.
1: That is Corey Woltering. Um, Corey had kind of an up and down year. Mm-hmm. Um, he did set an FKT, but he also kind of, um, had a series of DNFs, So then, um, finish as well as he had in past years. But, um, you know i kind of put him on for the combination of uh his performance at the fkt uh, i believe it was on the Pinhoti trail yep. and also just being a, a great advocate for the sport um being a minority um uh, gay man as well too and and really being someone who um you know others who look like him um could could see as being and we all know that Trail and ultra running needs more minorities and Green. and diversity um, in the sport, and, and Corey is a great ambassador uh, for them. A
2: quick Corey story. I, the first time I knew of him, uh, met him, talked to him briefly, mm-hmm. was at the start line of the LBL 50 miler, which is outland between the lakes in, in Kentucky and and we line up at the
0: marina. Why were you lined up next to Corey Waltering? Because you, you can't know me. keep up with I him. Always, I
2: always, I don't care who's there. I, I could be standing next to Rob Carr. I don't care. I always get up front because I hate fighting the pack in the crowd. I'm like, I want to go. So I get up why, there.
0: This is here's here's the thing. This is why Jeff has not gotten into Western states. They've held him on the lottery, right? Because what would happen is, like next year, you'd see jim walmsley up front and you're like who's the old guy who's got guy next to it'll be yeah. jeff going i don't want to be in the conga line when we get right, to the single right. track so I, I don't i don't play that
2: all well. i'll stay back and let everybody take off no I'm, no
0: so Corey's looking over going
2: you're gonna have to this? work to pass my ass was so. this bring your grandpa to race so day? anyways i'm just cory's standing next to me or he's next to me I, i'm next to him whatever <laughs> and this is in when is that race? Right? In it's in March It's in March. Yeah. I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah early March. And it was quite chilly that year. I mean, yeah. quite chilly in March. I'm standing right next to him and he's got a like a running cap on and a, a running shirt. And I'm just giving the the once over, and he's standing in a pair of American flag Speedos. I'm like, what the <laughs> frick? So <laughs> that's how
0: that was my first experience with Corey. I've talked to him a couple times since. But well, I didn't know because the first time I met Corey, you know, I it was at that same race and I interviewed him afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I I had never met Corey before. So I'm like, hi, my name's Ryan Pluckman. I, I host a stupid podcast. And he's like, My name is Corey Awesome Waltering. And I'm like, this guy is very high on himself, that he has introduced himself as Corey Awesome (laughs) Woltring. I had no idea until later on. We had a great chat and stuff, and I had no idea later on that that's his husband's name. That's his hyphenated last name. He wasn't like calling himself Corey Awesome Woltering because he's like I'm just awesome and that's what I do. Everything that's his, is awesome, right? That's his husband's last name. That's his hyphenated last name. Is is Awesome Woltering. I'm like, well, I kind of feel bad for being like, who is this cocky guy calling himself? So yeah, Corey, most definitely deserving. Yes, very great guy. We love Corey. We've had him on the podcast a couple times, and it's always fun to to see what he's doing. And you're right; he's a great he's a great ambassador to the sport. And I hope more people see Corey running races and goes, you know what, this is ultra running is not the, the white straight sport. It's opening for, it's open for everybody. And Mm -hmm. I think you got guys like, you know, Corey being a great ambassador for minorities to, to get into the sport. You got a lot of great race directors too, that are being welcoming for everybody. And I think we see ultra running progress in a more, um, diverse manner. And you stop seeing, you know, basically the whitest thing you've ever seen. It's it's snowing, even though it's not snowing on the trail because it's so white, but you're going to see more and more minorities uh, come, into the, come into the racing world, and that's a very good thing. So excellent yep. pick for number 19. Let's go to number 18.
1: Number 18, a gentleman named Jim Walmsley. Oh, Jimbo, yeah. Never heard of the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I stood next to him at a
2: start line or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, he not well, that's
0: anywhere near him. Um, you know, it's funny. I think he had... An interesting year because he rolls into Western States. And it's so funny because there's people that will just stalk runners Stravas. And they're like, oh, man, this dude's been doing a lot of biking. I don't think he's going to – I'm one of those people, by the way. He's not fully trained. He's not fully trained. He's been doing biking. He's hurt. He's going to get clobbered. And then he comes into Western States and just – I mean, it just looked like he he wasn't even trying. And he was just – so far ahead of everybody else like ridiculous yes true story we're out there this past year you know crewing and pacing kyle Curtin. he would finish ninth he was in ninth place most of the day we're we're in the front of the pack henry we're we're we can barely make it to the aid station we're hitting aid stations (laughs) first like it's me and another person you know we got aid stations where it's us and another group of people and that's it Never saw him all day. He was gone before we even got there. That's how far ahead he was.
1: That's amazing. What an awesome experience that must have been, too, to be up, uh, up by the front with, with Kyle and everybody else.
0: That was, yeah. It was awesome. What it was, it was, it was cool about it was, I'd seen it before when I went with my buddy Travis in 2015, and he was, you know, finished, you know, middle of the pack, finished, you know, under, under under 24 hours, like 23 and, and change, and that was a heck of a day, but it's an entirely different race, <laughs> When you're, you're hanging out the front of the pack. You're logistically challenged in keeping up. Oh, and you're trying you're, you're like you are, it is balls to the wall to get everywhere you need to go because some aid stations you're walking a mile and a half to get there. And just being up in the front and, and ev- around every corner, there there's, could be a competitor coming up after you. And It's just, it was, it was a, both experiences were fantastic, but it was just so interesting and neat to be at a, at a race like Western States and to be your, your guy is the front of the pack. It was, it was just, it was, it was a whole lot of fun and and a wonderful experience that I will never forget. Another excellent pick Henry all the way around. All right, let's go to 17.
1: 17. And for full disclosure, um, this is my, uh, running coach, David Roach, uh, David and Megan Roach. Actually, I combined them. Mm -hmm. Um, they just have, spread so much, uh, you know, joy and happiness and and love through the trail and ultra running community and, and they're amazing athletes in themselves. Um, but re- what really put it over the top for me was um, Megan's very recent uh, health struggle and just how um, she addressed that full on on their podcast and was very open about it and just really, gave as much love back as they received, um, during that, that really difficult time when they really didn't know what was going on. Um, as I said it on my post about this, it's really not my story to tell. Yeah. Um, but they do a yeah. good job of explaining, um, you know, what happened and and what uh, the next, you know, three, six months and, and beyond look like for Megan
0: you know it's interesting when someone is is comes forward with that and has that that brutal honesty and sometimes you're a little worried right you put this out into the world and you know there's always i mean the internet's full of morons but to just and i, oh, yeah. I, I think to do that and to receive that love and i think you inspire people who deal with similar things and i think sometimes we need to kind of kind of empty the closet a little bit and and and, and be a little more uh, pull some things out of the dark be a little more forward so people that are dealing with those exact same issues can be like oh okay you know what i'm dealing with this too if this person can conquer this i can conquer this and it's kind of a strength in numbers type of deal
1: absolutely it's you know it's a it's a community within a community um the group that they have and it really is just so inspirational and it's it's like this little bright corner of the internet where there are no clouds. There are no, there's no darkness. There's none of the, the BS that, that we find on social media and elsewhere. And it's, it's, it's really cool.
0: Very cool. All right, let's move on to number 16. Who's number 16 on your list, Henry?
1: Pam Reed. Um, obviously a longtime veteran and she got on the list this year, um, because she, um, reached the 100 mile threshold uh 100 times um just before turning 60 which is amazing and she not only finished her 100 100th 100, 100 mm-hmm. but she won that race what a wow. what a great story
0: I have a Pamela Reed story and I don't think I've ever told this on the podcast before um this was oh god I want to say 5 years ago I'm I'm, I'm crew and Kyle Curtin he was going to, this was still when he lived in Clarksville before he went, you know, pro and he was in the army still. And so he'd run on the weekends. And so we were doing the Ozark Trail 100. Uh, he yes. set the course record. And so, you know, long day, long nights, you know, we would get a crash in the cabin a little bit. And then, um, we're driving back to, to Clarksville where we live and he's, he's passed out. So he's just kind of sitting. I'm, I'm trying to keep myself entertained. And, and as I'm driving, my phone rings. And it's, it's my buddy, David Gailey. And I pick up the phone, and I thought maybe he was, you know, just wanting to see how Kyle did in the race. And I pick it up, and David is drunk. Like, <laughs> wasted, <laughs> wasted drunk. And he's like, hey, hey man, Brian, Brian, guess who I'm sitting next to right now. And I'm like, David, I can't, I don't know who you're sitting next to right now. And he's like, hey, hey, Pam, come here, Pam. On, come here real quick get over here and so and all of a sudden he goes ryan ryan i'm sitting next to pam reed pam pam this is my buddy ryan who's got a podcast you need to talk to him <laughs> and so and so they're at a bar and i was <laughs>
2: like what? Right. what
0: and so david hands pam reed the phone and it's like uh talk to my buddy and i'm like hi pam he's like Hi, I'm like, my name's Ryan. Oh, hi, Ryan. It's nice to meet you. Do you know David? I said, yeah, he's a good friend of mine. Yeah, he's pretty fun. And we had this weird conversation that you have <laughs> when an intoxicated person hands you a phone. <laughs> <laughs> like, Hello? Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> she was very nice. Let me say she was very nice. She was not as far gone as, as my as my buddy David was at that point. Um, but this is a guy who's done a half marathon intoxicated. So, you know, he, he just, it, it's, it's, it's what he does. And that's, that's what he does. But that's, uh, my little connection with, with Pamela Reed. Okay. I'm not a 15. I don't know if I have a drunken. Hold story, on. But hang on. 60 dr-
2: year old Pam Reed. Yeah. Is she on silver singles? I don't think she's single though. Oh,
0: bummer. I think she's, <laughs> okay. I, think, I think she's happily married. I think okay. she's happily married. <laughs> okay. All right. On to, the, on to the next one. Sorry, Pam. Silver singles.
1: <laughs> Always need a single, uh, silver singles reference in right, these. Right. Oh, know? if we don't get a silver singles
0: reference in, people give us bad reviews on iTunes. Where's the silver singles reference?
1: Up next is band Fan, she has done, at least at the time I wrote the story on her this past year, um, 400 career ultras, which is just good mind boggling. <laughs>
0: I think when you reach four hundred, they should give you a little card that says you get in for free. You know, like you've paid enough you've paid enough dues to ultra sign up that you now just can use any any cards you want, you can get in. You for free. own boardwalk and park right, place. Right, you right. get to go right. past
1: <laughs> go as many times as you want. But you have to be the sneaker on the monopoly board. That's right. true.
0: Yeah, you can't pick can't pick the top hat or the little Scotty dog. You can't do that. So four hundred ultras as the time you wrote that's, that article. Good Lord.
1: And she actually finished the four hundredth, it was I believe it was a fifty K, but that was four days after she did the Moab two forty. So <laughs> it's not like she's just doing a whole bunch of fifty Ks to do that. She's doing all all amazing races of all nope. varying lengths and, and
2: that was her recovery amazing.
1: run. <laughs> yeah. That's what
2: it is. It's a recovery run. It's
0: a recovery run of a fifty K. Yeah. I mean after a two hundred and forty miler. Oh wow. That is awesome and inspiring. Okay, on now to 15.
1: Up next is Rashpal Panu, um, probably someone who not everybody has has heard about, but he's got a very interesting story. He um, came into running later too. He was kind of overweight as a kid and just played video games uh, for the most part. And actually it was late in 2020 when he kind of burst onto the ultra scene in his first ultra and finished sixth at jfk which is pretty impressive and this year um he finished second behind jim in the hoka um, 100k challenge earlier in the year uh with a 628 and obviously jim stole the headlines from that um but i put uh, rash paul in here just because he's another good ambassador for the sport especially for minorities and uh, really great attitude, very positive on social media, and and certainly performed amazing um, at that 100K, and also did really well at uh, the CIM marathon recently. Good lord,
0: What a great story, and for someone to to find it so late in life, and because a lot of these guys who who do really well, they're college runners. You know, they were able to 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 enjoy a level of success in running through high school, through college they take a little break off and they come back into the sport, but to have somebody with really no running background kind of sneak into it later in life and see so much success. I think that's, that's, that's pretty awesome. Well, well pick another another great pick for the list. Let's move on to the next one.
1: The next one. And when you had her on your podcast, it reminded me of uh, my pursuit of her for an interview as well too, because it it definitely took uh, a lot of emails and some patience um, but that is the yellow runner, Sally McCrae, who yes. um, you know, it was it was so awesome to see her win Badwater this year. And, you know, she just exudes positivity um throughout her social media, every podcast she's on, every interview she does. Um, that was one of the easier picks for me.
0: Yeah, because how can you not like her? That's the thing, is like you cannot yep. you cannot not like Sally. I mean, you 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 talk to her for a couple of minutes and you're like, this is wonderful. And and she brings an energy to the sport. And what I've always appreciated about Sally too, is she is, she's real. You know, she, if she's having a bad day, she's having a bad day and she will try to push through it. And I, I have so much respect for these athletes who have so much on the line and have so much, you know, I mean, there's pressure both from sponsors and whatever to perform at a high level. And for those runners that are like, you know what, I, I'm having a rough day, but I'm not giving up. And Sally is just, she's just so darn tough and, and so wonderful. It's, yeah, huge Sally McRae fan. Yeah, it takes a while to get a hold of her, but once you do and you get that interview, it's 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 a fun time. You have a fun time the entire time you talk to her. All right, next up, Henry.
1: So this one is another one uh, on the list that probably not uh, a lot of people have heard about, but her name is Michelle I think her last name is Mm Meganya. Yep. Um, She has um, done really well. She won the big turtle 50 miler over in April, which is um, somewhat close to you guys. I actually ran that race uh, myself a few years before that. Oh, cool. Um, She got 11th at Western States. um, But really why she's on the list is because what she has overcome and is still continuing to overcome and that was a uh assault um by a a perpetrator who i don't believe has been caught um while she was out on one of her morning runs so she was able to um you know deal with some of the ptsd associated with that and and come back to you know have a, a really solid year of running and i hope that she's able to You know, continue on and also inspire other, uh, you know, mostly women runners who may have been who may be dealing with a a similar situation.
0: Now, much like ladies night at a bar right now, it's all guys on this podcast. But I think it's worth bringing up that it's something that a lot of us don't think about is like when we go out on a trail run, Jeff, the last thing on our mind is getting getting assaulted. The last thing in our mind is who's lurking I, behind a corner? I don't even think about it. Right, exactly, exactly, because that's not a world we live in. But to think about, and and I've heard from woman after woman after woman about this fear of you don't know, you want to go run in these in these beautiful places, but you're not sure because who's who's lurking around the corner. And I think as men, we take that for granted because we never even think about it, and it's worth taking a moment to think to stop and go. My God, it's, it, it's it's horrible that it has to be that way. It's horrible that... And for something like
2: that to occur and then get back out and continue to do it, that takes a ton oh, of courage. absolutely. A ton of absolutely. courage. Absolutely.
0: I don't know if if I could, if, if I faced that similar thing, I don't know if I could get back into the world. I think I, I would be one of those people that might fold. And for someone to have that strength to get back into it and to, I mean, to just... Wow! be an example. I mean, that's, it's an incredible story. And our hat goes off to another excellent pick on the list, Henry. All right. Who do we got
1: next? Up next is Harvey Lewis. Um, Old this Cincinnati one, boy, <laughs> this one is, you know, what, what, what a year performance wise, mm. um, you know, one big dog's backyard ultra with 350 some odd miles one bad water um is a prolific racer he i don't know how many ultras he did this year but performed well in, mm-hmm. in many of them including those two big ones i mentioned um yeah he he had a, a really solid year and um clearly clearly got on this on on performance and much deserved
0: and he's bringing uh quirky dress shirts into fashion right in the trail running world they're bad and i hope more people <laughs> are inspired by harvey lewis and find a bad looking casual office dress Just, shirt and wear it on the course can we make this a thing please go, go find the tackiest shirt right can, can this Just, be can this be the trend of 2022 please can we all follow harvey lewis uh best he- dressed
1: if he keeps winning; it'll happen. It yeah, will
0: exactly, yeah. exactly. Like, oh my god! Right. I got to have a button down. Right. It's like it's like when Anton and Rob Crow are winning. Every guy's like, you know, I need a I need a beard that looks like a <laughs> someone prospecting for gold in eighteen forties California. You know, <laughs> that's what UConn I Yukon Cornelius. Right. There's gold. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. Next on the list, Henry.
1: Next is Anton. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about his comeback at Leadville. Um, and that was something where, um, I know I was glued to my Twitter feed as, as that race was going on just to see him, you know, move up and up and up. And, you know, it was really exciting and, and great to have him back. And, and, you know, another one of these runners, like who doesn't love Anton?
0: Right. Exactly. And he's just such a fascinating guy to talk to because he, he is just his, I mean, he is an enigma and he is, he is this, he's his own person. I don't think he grasps. You know, everybody has this idea of Anton in their head Mm. and he's, he's none of those things. And yet he's all of those things. He literally is the most fascinating person in ultra running because you can throw him any topic and he can talk about it forever. And it almost seems like talking about running bores him. It's like, eh, Mm. you know, it's, 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 it's one of those, I, it was one of the more intimidating interviews I did because I'm like. This guy's no idiot. He's not going to laugh at white claw jokes. You know, <laughs> I have to do. I have to do a little more prep when when I know that the white claw jokes aren't going to cut it. When I can't make a silver singles crack, right? Yeah, so he's like nah. Yeah, but what an inspiring story! And it's like so many of us were, you know, just looking through the the Twitter feed on on uh, on Leadville and going like, oh, I wonder. Antoine Anton said he's going to run it, but he's not going to try to win. He's just going to go in and try to finish. And you're thinking, oh, he's probably middle of the pack. And you're like, no, but he's in fifth. That's that's <laughs> just finishing. He's, he's in fourth? He's in third. Right. He's so many minutes behind second. Yeah, that was a g- great story. Probably the I would take take out the inspiring part of it. And I think his finish at Leadville was the comeback story of of twenty twenty one, and maybe the one of the top three ultra running stories Definitely. in general of twenty twenty one.
1: Yeah, I would agree. And I, you know, I'm curious looking ahead to 2022. Is, you know, what will Anton do in 2022? Will he go back to Leadville? Will he, you know, look at another long race, or, you know, maybe he he does a lot of biking um, and climbing in Colorado. So maybe he's going to do the the Leadville mountain bike race. It's it'll be cool to see what he decides to do.
0: I think he can do whatever he wants to do. I think he'll 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 do something regardless. It'll be interesting whatever he decides he wants to do, but it's going to be awesome to watch uh, regardless. And I think uh, what I thought was great about it too, the sport finds people at different times and, and the sp- and, you, and a lot of times because of life or injuries or whatever, people need to step away from the sport. And I think maybe people get intimidated by stepping back in going like, Oh my God, I, I put so much work in to get to the shape necessary to do this thing. I, I don't know if I have it in me to do that again. Can I ever get back? Right, exactly. Yeah. Do I have what it takes do to Do I want back? to get back? Exactly. And to see Anton go back so well and to, and to just, I mean, yeah, very inspiring all the way around. Let's move on to our next uh, m- member of the list here.
1: Up next is Max King, um, someone that uh, is, is hard to define. Mm-hmm. I think most people in the sport know who he is whether he's running a short distance or doing, you know, one of the longer distance races, um, a vertical K maybe. Um, I thought it was interesting how this year he also did kind of a version of the eco challenge. It's called, um, I think it was adventure. Uh, it was expedition Oregon. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was basically crossing the state, um, through running, hiking, uh, kayaking, canoeing, whatever it was to, to get across. And, um, he was on a team of four and they were one of only five teams, I think about 30 some odd started, but only one of five teams to actually finish and get all the way across. So, um, you know, he's, he's inspiring to me because he, you know, it does a variety of things and does them really well. And, and also gives back to kids. He runs the, his uh, training camps out in Oregon and, and tries to get, you know, the next generation interested in the sport and also, um, you know, has has a, a good grasp on the importance of diversity, and and has scholarships, and tries to bring in inner city kids into these camps as well too.
0: Very good pick. All right, on to the next one, Henry.
1: I think you have to do the voice and introduce the next one, Ryan.
0: All right, the the next one on the list, it's it's Andy Jones Wilkins, everybody. It's Andy. It's it's the Jizzle Wizzle. It's AJW. <laughs>
1: Oh, a- <laughs> a- AJW was uh, uh, was a pick here, obviously, um, his resume from, uh, when he was, uh, you know, finishing Western States in the top 10 for so many years, um, uh, didn't really play into this. It was more of, of this year for him mm-hmm. and, you know, coming back from having both of his hips resurfaced from, you know, several years ago and, and, uh, being able to, um, complete some races this year and also, uh, win, a, I uh, I think it was a six or 12 hour race. I don't yeah, remember exactly yeah. off the top of my head, a 12 hour race, I think. Um, but also coming clean, he had his first DNF after 185 right? ultras yeah. and, you know, being public with that and talking about, you know, what happened and, you know, and certainly being such an advocate of the sport, um, and, and just so, uh, you know, kind of like Sally, just always being so open and passionate about it and um, willing to do any podcast and, you know, do any interview, that kind of thing. So um, definitely uh, an, an easy pick regardless of the year he had um, running trails.
0: Oh, I agree. And I think what we forget about Andy, because, you know, a lot of us know Andy for the jizzle whistle on Mountain Outhouse. You know, we, we know right. about Andy, the, the fun, the jovial Andy, the, the guy on podcasts, the guy that's always good for a joke and laugh at himself. But I think sometimes, especially if you're newer to the sport, you don't realize that Andy Jones Wilkins was a stone-cold pimp back in the day. I mean, <laughs> he was lighting the trails up. He was, he was murdering people on the trails. Yep. He was a competitor. And I think if you're going to have a discussion about the top 25 ultra runners of all time, Andy Jones-Wilkins is in that discussion. If you look at his his career as a whole, if you are talking the top 25 greatest ultra runners of all time and you haven't brought Andy into the discussion, I don't know if it's a legitimate discussion at that point because what he did at Western States. I mean, guys, he was second place. He was 26 minutes behind Scott Jurek in a time when Scott Jurek was dominating Mm -hmm. and to have that career over that length of time. And the fact that he's been such an ambassador to the sport, the sport is not where it is today. If it's not for Andy Jones, Wilkins, you don't have the boom you have today. If you don't have an ambassador like Andy Jones, Wilkins, he is one of the faces, if not the face of ultra running, and I think sometimes because, heck, I do it. I have an Andy Jones-Wilkins impersonation, everybody. You know, he laughs at it. He even does an impersonation of me doing an impersonation of him. But it's, it's <laughs> it, it, you got to remember sometimes, back in the day, AJW was a stone-cold killer on the trails. All right, next Rude. up. Next up, Henry, now that we've ah. got the the jizzle-wizzle out of it, who's next on your list?
1: Next up is Camille Heron. Yeah. Um, you know, she had, a, a kind of an up and down year. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one thing I respect about Camille is that she goes hard in her races and sometimes they turn out really, really well for yes. her. And, and sometimes she, she crashes and burns. Um, but desert solstice was definitely, uh, um, uh, you know, one of her, um, uh, good moments for this mm-hmm. year yep. as well as, Is Javelina, um, and you know she's just another one on social media who is um you know a prolific smiler and very positive and supportive of other runners and um you know she's been one i've I've been doing this list for um four years now and she is um someone who her career has lined up um perfectly with it and she's um been on the list every year and um it's just been a combination of her performance on the trail or the track is the case may be and, and just being a good ambassador to others.
0: And and her performance at Western States, I mean, just getting under 30 hours. Right. Yeah, people are talking Camille Heron's gonna get, you know, run 16 or whatever. And she had a horrible day and she didn't quit. When so she many stuck people with it. Right. When you're, you know, one of the top women ever in the game, you know, you've set world records. And for you to be having just the crappiest of crappy days and to not call it quits, I think that just speaks volume. I was very impressed with that. I, and I, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything, because I understand, listen, I'm not a professional runner. And I know when you've got sponsors and you've got expectations, sometimes you just got to call it quits because you want to live to fight another day. And I'm not going to hold that against anybody. But I give so many extra points and so much love to those that are like, I'm having a shitty day. I've got sponsors. I've got world records. I'm going to finish in the back of the pack, something that I've never experienced before. But gosh darn it. I will finish. I'm going to get that buckle. If you were to tell anybody that Camille Heron would have a bronze buckle at Western States, they'd be, you're insane. She's going to have a silver buckle. She maybe even have a cougar, but for her to just persevere, I just I that to me was one of the best stories at Western States was Camille just not giving up no matter what. Absolutely. All right. Next on the list, Henry.
1: Next up is Jason Jason mm-hmm. Um Not so much an ultra runner, but certainly um, uh, I put him on this list for his FKTs. He's the first person to get a hundred FKTs. Oh wow! Wow. And he doesn't do little. 10 yard backyard <laughs> in a, in a, um, you know, remote area that no one else uh, ever goes to, to, to snag right. an FKT. He like, does, what trail was that? You know, right. <laughs> these really brutal ones. And in fact, his 100th was the Washington Bulgers FKTs, which were the hundred highest mountains in the state of Washington. Um, he uh, He's a school teacher and did this basically over a summer vacation. Um, It took him that long. It took him, I think, almost, uh, I think it was about 51 days Mm -hmm. uh, to scale all these 100 um, peaks and and get the 100th FKT. And his background is also really interesting and inspiring. He was a kid with ADHD, um, you know, kind of had to work through some issues there. And then even as he was um, doing triathlons, he was in a, a really scary Uh, car crash and that's when he kind of found hiking and um, could still move around and still liked the endurance part of it. And that's kind of what led him to FKTs and and being the first person to hit that century mark.
0: FKTs are a whole other animal that I have all the respect in the world for people that set them. Scott Coomer from 10 Junk Miles posted on Facebook today. um, And I'm going to paraphrase this. So forgive me if I get it wrong. If there were no buckles or medals or races or you know any of that how far do you think you would run if there was no buckles no medals no races none of that jeff i think it kind of depends on what personal
2: goal i had set for myself you know whether it be a an organized race or just something i feel i need to do on my own if it's something that i have a strong feeling or urge to accomplish yeah, I'd go for it. Way to dodge
0: the question. You dodged it. Right. You dodged the. How many miles do you think you could just pick at me a number? Oh well, are we talking? <laughs> are we talking in a day or? Well, just if there was no races, there's no ultras. Ultras do not exist. Races do not exist. There are no medals. There are no buckles. Well, I think there's if just races people out didn't jogging. Exist, you'd
2: have a whole lot less ultra runners. Okay, I'll go
1: 250 miles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Henry, well, what about you?
1: So I'm going to dodge the question, too. Sure. Because oh, why not? It, <laughs> you know, remember, I wanted to become a runner to cross that marathon off my bucket list. See? And if there were no marathons, I probably wouldn't have chosen Running it as a thing, I probably would have found something else. So my answer is probably zero. Okay. I I'd be doing something else. At
0: least that's an answer. Unlike Mr. Cerebro. I, I, I gave you a number. You dodged the question.
1: And I dodged
0: the ten question. Ten miles. I'd be the farthest I'd go is ten miles. You wouldn't do it. I'd be like, ah, I'm gonna do ten miles. Ten seems like you double digits. Even, you wouldn't even know what running was. Probably not. <laughs> But I'll tell you what, that 10-mile finish would be like my, my first 100-mile finish. I'd be like, yeah. Look at me. Not many humans have done what I've just achieved. Uh, you know, like the greatest <laughs> thing greatest thing in the world. But no, and that's my point about FKTs. You got nothing but a little website that very few people go to. You've got an obscure website you know that, that is going to publish your results, and you have none of the fanfare. You get nothing at the end uh, except sore legs and a lack of sleep. So people that, that do those FKTs and, and crush them, I have all the respect oh, yeah. in the world for. It is a level of toughness that I think goes far beyond the sport because if I don't have aid stations every five to six miles and they better fucking have potatoes there, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I break I, somebody's down. Somebody's going to die. I break down. <laughs> Where are those pickles? Where are those pickles? Where, are those pickles? <laughs> Where are those pickles? What do you mean you don't have bacon and pancakes? How amateur hour is this? But I, I wouldn't be able to go, <laughs> go very far at all. So All right, all that next on the list, Henry.
1: Next up is Tracy Falbo, uh, another runner who, Mm -hmm. um, had a great run, um, you know, earlier in her career and has kind of been dealing with an injury for a while. Um, you know, and she, uh, was basically out of really out of the sport or at least out of the limelight for several years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, came back this year, was able to work through the injury, um, ended up winning a race, uh, 50 K in Texas and, um, You know, she obviously is not where she was in her heyday, um, but, you know, she continues to inspire. And I think, you know, it's it could you could make the argument. It's even more inspiring now that she came back from such a a long injury that really forced her to think about maybe I maybe my time is done. She thought about quitting, but she came back. She worked through it and she's back to running and, and being competitive as she won that 50K.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think Tracy Falbo is one of those runners that when you look at Tracy Falbo and you see her story, you go, you know what? She can. She is not this college runner who won the NCAA championships no. for... You know, she is someone that you can see yourself in. You can see that the the life that she lived before she started running, you're like, that's that her story is so many of our stories. And so I think Tracy Falbo is one of those people that you can put yourself into Tracy Falbo, and you can relate to her so easily, and you can say, and you're inspired by because you're like, my God, she can do it. She can do it. If she can do it, I can do it. So She's
2: gritty down to earth. I remember my 1st her one-and-a-half-mile attempt, yeah. it was a DNF for me, I say attempt, was the Indiana Trail 100, um, back when they had that race, one was it March, I think. Yeah. And I think Tracy Falbo was there... And she had to do a wardroom change. I think you and Travis. Witnessed no, this that. is a
0: different this is a different runner. Are you sure? Yeah, absolutely sure. I don't want to give this runner's name because it was kind of embarrassing because I saw this we're sitting in the car and there was a professional runner running this course, right? And her team, she it was it was pouring rain, you know, chafing everywhere, and she needed a shorts change and her crew fucked up and didn't put the towel up. And so I'm just kind of sitting here, just watching what's going on. I'm just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was, I was out running. He was I was running. I didn't witness it. I'm bored. I'm waiting for Jeff. It's pouring rain. I'm sitting in my car, and I'm like, oh, well, look at that! Oh, look, look at, at that! that. <laughs> like her crew really screwed up, and I hope her crew got a. Yeah, put the towel up for crying out Good loud! Good lord! No, but Tracy Falbo, the 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 year I ran the Kettle 100 she won for the women and she was out there and she's, you know, one of those people that you you say hi to her as you're, as you're, as she's running back the other direction, Uh, a really great runner all the way around. All right. Tracy Falbo, good addition to the list. Who is next?
1: Up next is Courtney DeWalter. The other of the two who has been on the list um, all four years that I've, I've put it out. Um, You know, what else can be said about Courtney? We know that (laughs) she's, uh, amazing, mm-hmm. happy go lucky, smiling throughout races. Um, she obviously won UTMB again this year, uh, seventh overall, which is a great showing. Um, and just, you know, that bubbly personality, uh, great ambassador for the sport, uh, an easy ad for the list.
0: I agree. Absolute perfect pick. And we'll move on to the next one because it's really what hasn't already been said about Courtney DeWalter that we could say again. So great athlete great runner, great ambassador.
1: Absolutely. Uh, next up is Robbie Ballinger. Um, someone that's probably a little bit under the radar of people. Um, he, uh, did what he called the Colorado crush this year. And that was the Leadville trail marathon, the Colorado trail, uh, all almost 500 miles Leadville silver rush. Summiting all fifty-eight peaks in the state—that's over fourteen thousand—or <laughs> all of them over fourteen thousand feet—and then finishing up with the Leadville Trail uh, Miler—and um, did that in just over two months and sixty-three days.
0: Oh my <laughs> God! That's that's like a lifetime goal for some of us. Shouldn't he be the governor of Colorado at this point? Don't if you accomplished all those things, you automatically just get to be governor.
1: You you would think, and you know, to Jeff's point, any one of those could be a bucket list race. Right, he did yeah. them all in two months. <laughs> well,
2: that's some. I mean, just just summiting all of the fourteeners in Colorado for some people, that's that literally takes them a lifetime to accomplish. Mm-hmm. They
0: do two a year, maybe it's Wow, crazy. That's absolutely incredible. Holy cow. Everyone else is going, man, my race schedule was tight this summer. No, it wasn't not compared to no, Robbie's no. not at all. All right, moving on to the next on the list. We're getting close to number one.
1: Up next is Katie Asmuth. Mm-hmm. Um, she got fifth place at Western States. Um, She got in by winning. I think it was Bandera this year or last year. Um, And she is one who after Bandera, I kind of, um, started following her a little bit. It is hard to find a race photo of her when she doesn't have just the biggest smile on her face. Yeah. Um, and she exudes that she's also a nurse. So obviously the past couple of years with the pandemic have been challenging. Um, she's a mom to young kids and just, uh, you know, very bubbly, very positive, and and just a great ambassador for the sport, like some of these others as well.
0: Very cool. Yeah, it's it's, it's great to see. The, you know, because we're all in pain, right? We're all in pain, but to see that those people that are able to smile through it, it's like because me, I'm just like, Ugh! you know, my <laughs> little my little pity party. And to see people doing well, uh, that's that's great. All right, we're all the way to number one, and I think people can guess. Stop, everybody, take a minute. Who do you think it is? (laughs) Think about this. Think about it. Give it some thought. And the most inspiring ultra runner of 2021 is?
1: Is Tommy Rivers Pusey, someone who hasn't even run an ultra in a couple of years. Um, But clearly his story is inspiring, uh, whether you're an athlete or not, or whether you're back of the Packer or, or, um, you know, maybe, Uh, you know, work out on the, the eye fit that he um, does on the, on the training. Um, But his comeback from, you know, being in uh, a medically induced coma, um, you know, for a good part of last year and working himself back to where recently he just walked the entire New York city marathon um, in nine plus hours, seven hours below his PR for that race. Right. Um, but what an inspiration and you oh know, my gosh, through his yeah. Instagram posts, it's, you know, the family's done an amazing job, Jacob and, and Tommy's wife and, and others about, you know, sharing his story and continuing to carry his message of, um, you know, love and hope and, and, um, inspiration. It's, it's so glad, so powerful to see him, uh, not fight. back to where he not back to where he was but back to being just fighting his
2: fight and getting through that that was yeah. I know people were following that
0: like they follow the Kardashians uh, the, you're right right <laughs> everyone wanted to see what 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 Tommy what's, R- what's was a, what's he doing? doing today yeah um yeah absolutely agree what an incredible story i've always wanted to interview him but i the, and i've i've tried a couple times and when i saw that he was on the rich roll podcast i was like Fuck, he is never going to come on The Adventure Jogger now. <laughs> He's what, done. Right. He's so done. Once you've been on Rich Roll, you know, some little guy with a little tertiary running podcast, you're going to be like, I really, listen, I, I think that's great. I don't really have time for The Adventure Jogger. I, I, I got to hang out with Joe Rogan and, and Rich Roll. Yeah. But what an inspiring episode that is, by the way. If you haven't heard uh, Tommy Rives on um, on, on uh, Rich Roll, definitely worth worth checking out. That was a great list all the way around, Henry. Um, what, what about as we, as we finish that list? Again, I'm not going to argue the single addition of that list. What do you think about 2022 as we get to the end of 2021, which was an interesting year, the year we all got to get back together? There were some restrictions here and there, and of course, coupless races increased, rightfully so. But where do you, Henry, see the sport of ultra running moving forward in 2022?
1: You know, I think one thing to watch is UTMB and how they've kind of expanded their, uh, their, their series and kind of what that means. It'll be interesting to see what um, ultra runners, especially the ones from the States, how they gravitate or maybe not gravitate toward right. that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right now, Jim Walmsley is not in Western States. Um, so I be- the, the sign up or the registration or whatever for UTMB is in early January. So it'll be. I think that'll be telling um, to see who is on that list, um, especially from the states to see yeah. who's going to, you know, go over there. Um, I think that it's been great to see races uh, come back in twenty twenty one, and hopefully more of that will continue um, into twenty twenty two. The races I've been at, you know, the the safety protocols have I, I think been a, a good step. It's definitely. Uh, gone are the days when we're all scarfing down from the same uh, bowl of M&M's and chips and everything. Right. Which I miss, is great. I miss that.
0: Well, no, because the M&M's don't end up tasting like lube. Right. Yeah. You know, you're like, you're like... Is that trail toes? Right. What is that? Obviously, someone has not just finished lubing themselves and grabbed a handful of M&M's because the, the M&M's don't taste like squirrel's nut butter anymore <laughs> or trail toes. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good thing. If anything good comes out of that. Oh, I, yeah, never mind. I don't want to... <laughs> Um, you talk about think about that pickle jar too oh god no i don't want to think about the pickle jar now not not at all you said about utmb and the utmb world series of of running and and the way they've teamed up with iron man um i was a little unsure about it but it was something i saw online today where i was like okay this is going to be all right if carl Meltzer announced it today announced it that's not even a word it is in Tennessee. Is it announced? Yeah. It. He announced it today. No, uh, he announced today that the speed goat races are a part of that of that series. And Carl's one of those people. If it was not good for the sport, and if it was a shady proposition, and if it wasn't all 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 good, he'd Carl, be first,
2: he'd be first up to mf it.
0: Right, Carl. Carl's not signing off on something that's not good for the sport. So if if the um, if the if the UTMB you know, team up with 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 Iron Man and the in the series of trail races. If Carl Meltzer signs off on it, I think that's good enough for me. That's all I need. To be
2: know. interesting to see how it plays out, though, as it, as we progress here. Hmm,
1: that's interesting. I had not seen that today, but yeah, I I would agree that that's uh, that's a really good step for uh, not only his race but UTMB too to to be able to have a good footprint. Um, in America of a, a very popular and well-known race.
0: Yeah, if the speed goat's not going to sell out. We know that the end times are here when the speed goat sells out. That's when we're <laughs> like, okay, guys, kiss your families goodbye because <laughs> the end revelations is happening. Right. The end of the world is upon us. Henry Howard, runspirited.com. Everybody go check out that website. Make it a regular part of your weekly running uh, geek out routine. Also sign up for that newsletter. It pops right into your your inbox, and that way you just know what's going on and you get inspired from time to time. Henry, I appreciate this time.
1: Brian, Jeff, thank you so much for having me. Thank this you. was a blast.
0: It was a fun time. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and we'll talk to you again soon, I'm sure.
1: Same to you. I'll be doing a list again next year, so maybe we can do this again. Maybe we can get Jeff on
0: that list. D- d- yeah. Lining up next yeah. to Walmsley. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> With Corey on the other right,
0: side. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Adventurejogger.com is the website for all the uh, the back episodes. There's also gear on there like Adventure Jogger Joggers. You could use some in your wardrobe. We are 100% listener supported. You can make a monthly pledge on our Patreon page, Just search The Adventure Jogger on Patreon or go to theadventurejogger.com. Join the community on Facebook and Instagram by searching The Adventure Jogger. And subscribe to The Adventure Jogger wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode.